Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 174, Love as Medicine. It's January 2nd, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and so on. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. There is no music to this intro as I become more awake and aware to the needs of the deaf and hard of hearing community. So thank you to those lovely people who are giving me advice and how to be more inclusionary. So no music. Let's get into it, people. Love as medicine. Well, I think if you've been following my podcast, you already know that I am a diehard fan of the word love, L-O-V-E. It is probably for sure my favorite word. I just love everything about love, as you might imagine, since this is like I have several podcasts about love. So, For me, love is one of the things that for sure has saved me from really disastrous outcomes and and possibilities. And I wasn't planning on doing this podcast. However, the idea of it woke me up in the middle of the night from a dead sleep with with a kind of request. This is the podcast to do. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. So I thought about it. And the question is, how do you view love and, and how where are you with love and all that stuff? Well, I don't know where you are with love, but love is certainly a very uh, healing aspect of life. So for this podcast, since it was since it wasn't on my list of podcasts to make, I did a little dive into the research, of course, PubMed and otherwise. And before I even get into it, I have to say there's this is a laundry list. A fairly good list of what we know from the research about love. I'm not saying love is extensively researched as it could be. I'm not making that statement. I'm just saying I did take a look at the research that's there. Now, so here are the benefits for love. We're talking in this podcast about love as medicine and love and the healing capacities it has for human beings. Number one, We know from the Marion Diamond Research Lab, what I'm calling the TLC experiment, I'm not exactly sure what she called it, I'd have to look it up, but that's the tender loving care where they took the rats out of the cages and Marion Diamond had the assistants lovingly pet and gently pet the rats in their hand and talk to them sweetly. And those rats did gain neuroplastic gains in their brain, which was the point and intention of the experiment. And they also lived 50% longer. As a result of that experiment, Ms. Diamond stated in her research that perhaps love is the most valuable intentional experience for human beings of all the options. From that experiment, we know that their brains grew, the rats' brains grew, and they did receive gains in neuroplasticity, but they also lived 50% longer by the simple addition of tender loving care. 
That's number one. Marion Diamond, by the way, is considered to be the mother of neuroplasticity, which is a, which is a great honor. And this is what the area of her work. She did many other things, which I talk about, some of which I talk about in the podcast I did on neuroplasticity and psychoneuroimmunology. Now, my next number two, several of the next numbered items, the research has been done on love in couples where there's a good marriage, good long-term couples. So this may or may not apply to individuals. I think it does apply to individuals. I'm just making a mention that the research I was looking at was research done with couples. So number two, fewer doctor's visits. Three, less depression and substance abuse. Four, lower blood pressure. Five, less anxiety. Six, less pain, meaning backaches and headaches. Seven, better stress management. Eight, fewer colds. Nine, faster healing. Ten, longer life. Eleven, happier life. Twelve, love apparently improves your self-care. Thirteen, love can be an important source for well-being for adolescents and what they call emerging adults. 14, lower risk of death from heart disease. 15, can be protective or preventive for complications and death from pneumonia. 16, improves sleep. 17, improves gut health. 18, increased self-esteem, yet only in those relationships when the relationship was both well-functioning and stable. 19. In infants and young children, according to UNICEF, quote, for every three months a child spends in an institution, it loses a full month of growth. Children, end quote, children deprived of love often don't grow to their full potential. That's very interesting research from the Bucharest Early Intervention Project, which you can find under the acronym BEIP. Number 20. It looks from the research that love may be protective against cancer, according to a 2021 study in cancer biology about the persistent effects of pair bonding in lung cancer cell growth. That is 20 benefits from love, at least for the most part, much of the research done on couples, yet the UNICEF piece from the Bucharest Early Intervention really talks about how damaging it is for an infant or young child to be deprived of love or love and affection. That means those list of 20 things means that love is a pretty good medicine, I think. I think it's a pretty good medicine. I mean, we have drugs that don't accomplish some of those things. Some other little aspects of, of research on love before we move into what, what are we doing about this. So <clears throat> according to the research, attachment is a part of love. And it seems like the research is a little unclear, but according to a 2017 review, there are four types of mammal bonds, B-O-N-D-S. Number one, pair bonds, meaning close long-term connections. Two, parents and their infants. Three, bonds between peers. And four, bonds between individuals of the same species, which is called 
con-specific bonds. I don't know why they have that listed, but maybe it's bonds where you're not peers or whatever. I don't know. But those are the four according to a 2017 review. So it seems like there's varying theories about love, which we're not, we do not have consensus on. One of the theories by Dr. Robert Steinberg, which is fairly well known, fairly well known, is the triangular theory of love. In Dr. Steinberg's triangle, you have three components. You have emotional intimacy, you have commitment, which is cognitive commitment, so you're aware that you've committed, and you have passion, number three, passion, which is physical passion. Now, Dr. Sternberg goes on to say there are seven stages or phases or options for love. One being liking, two, infatuation, three is empty, four is romantic, five is compassionate, six is fatuous, and seven is consummate. And depending upon the version of one of those, you, you don't have all three. So for example, in liking, that re liking usually refers to friends. You have no passion or commitment, but you have emotional intimacy. In empty love, you have, you're committed, but you're lacking passion or intimacy. So there's all these with the ultimate goal of consummate love, <coughs> which would include all three. That would be romantic love because you're not going to have physical passion with your friends. So that's one theory. But I really want to make clear that we in society haven't kind of sorted this all out. It seems like there's some research missing. It doesn't seem to be extremely well researched. But we've researched love enough to know that there are significant benefits, as I've just covered 20 of them, as I mentioned. So can love be medicine? Well, clearly it can be medicine given all those benefits. The next question is, when is love not medicine? Well, number one, in abusive relationships. There may be love present, but it's not medicine, and it's not good. Number two, in dysfunctional families where adverse childhood experiences and trauma rule the day, there may be love present in a dysfunctional family, but it's not medicine. Three, with self-absorbed individuals or groups. Four, when there is betrayal. Five, when there is a trauma bond. Six, often in individuals with a mental illness of one of many forms, being a psychopath, narcissist, sociopath, borderline personality, severe, severe psychopathy, etc. There may be love there, but it's not medicine. It's toxic. Seven, sibling bullying and mistreatment. Eight, school bullying, discrimination, or exclusion in or outside of school in the world for a variety of reasons that are all inappropriate. Nine, domestic abuse and domestic violence. Ten, jealousy, envy, resentment, contempt. Eleven, smear campaigns, gossip, backstabbing. Those are all things where love is not medicine. If, it's, if you could even call some of that stuff love. Now... We do have parents who love their children, but they can't behave appropriately. So their kind of love is distorted, it's conditional for all kinds of reasons, many, many reasons. And the same thing is true when you have uh, dysfunctional 
couple or significant other or marriage, those things are not medicine. There may be love present or maybe not, but it's more of a toxic kind of love. So that brings us to the next piece, which is what stops love? Well, I have a short list here because I do have other podcasts on love. I have Be Well Loved is my first podcast, Running Away From Love, Bringing More Love Into Your Life, Love and Effect, The Lost Art of Love and Affection. I have at least eight other podcasts or nine on love because love is so important to me and love is so important to you, I hope. So there are many things. Here's a short list. One of my other podcasts on love, I do talk like many, many more. So number one, running away from love. That is actually common. It's not unreasonable to run away from love when you don't have emotional abilities or when you don't recognize that fear or something is is causing you to be running away. Number two, insecurities, worries, concerns, and fears will stop love. Three, negative past experiences. Four, trauma wounds. Five, being jaded or resigned. Six, disempowering attitudes or beliefs. Seven, thinking you are not good enough or you don't deserve it. Eight, thinking you it's too good to be true and, you, and it can't be true. Nine, negative self-talk and or self-sabotage. Ten, irrational thinking. Eleven, lack of support or encouragement. The list could go on and on and on and on. There are so many things, situations, traits, etc., that can stop love. Seriously. Now, one of the things we don't talk about very often, and I don't think is all that common, I'm not sure. Research is not in on this, which is unconditional love. Unconditional love is love that is freely offered with no strings. It is not transactional love. It is not, you do this for me, I will love you. It's not transactional. You genuinely want the other person to be happy. Yet it is not at your expense. You are not sacrificing your well-being. You are not sacrificing your health. There's not a negative impact on you. And there shouldn't be a negative impact on you for unconditional love. And it is not giving up your boundaries. I don't think we have a lot of unconditional love in the world, but it's a possibility. I think unconditional love becomes much more of an option when people grow themselves, heal themselves, and deal with their issues. On the topic of love as medicine, one aspect of love as medicine is self-love. Self-love is extremely lacking in the world, which we know because of the research that gives us the statistic that 85% of the population in the world has low self-esteem. What is low self-esteem? It is when you feel undeserving, unworthy, not good enough, not lovable. Low self-esteem is not self-love. It's the opposite of self-love. Self-love is when you can genuinely and authentically like and appreciate yourself. You are not trying to be perfect and you don't think that you're perfect. 
you simply have the ability to appreciate your flaws and your imperfections and hopefully laugh at them. You take good care of yourself. You take actions to protect your peace. You take actions to protect your well-being. You are not arrogant or full of yourself. You are humble. You do the best you can do in life and that you are you accept. You are not beating yourself up or being hard on yourself for making mistakes. You feel your emotions. You show up for yourself. You respect yourself. You do not allow people to exploit you. And if you recognize there's some type of manipulation or exploitation going on, you interrupt that. You put an end to that. This is amazing. This is, feels phenomenal to be compassionate with yourself, to be kind with yourself. Where are you with loving yourself? Where are you with self-love? If you happen to have low self-esteem, it's extremely predictable. You're not loving yourself. That's really like the bottom line. And I'm not talking, by the way, I really want to distinguish. I'm not talking about narcissistic self-love. I'm not talking about the kind of self-love or self-aggrandizing that some people have who have a mental health condition. And I am definitely not talking about self-love where you are self-centered or you're self-absorbed. I have a podcast about the difference between being self-centered, self-absorbed, and self-care. They're three different things. And loving yourself, taking care of yourself, does not mean you are self-absorbed or self-centered. You could be, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are. So I'm talking about self-love in the way where you take care of yourself. You have compassion for yourself and you show up for yourself. And you can make mistakes and be like, well, well, probably not my best move, but hey, I'm doing the best I can. All of my podcasts will help you grow in the area of self-love, self-compassion, and appreciating yourself. So assuming you're on board so far, <laughs> assuming you're going, hmm, yeah, those 20 benefits, I could see love as medicine. I, I, I'm getting her point then how do you use love as medicine? How can you heal? How can this topic be of value to you? I am going to give you my top few suggestions to be able to employ love as medicine. I don't know where you are right now with how much love and affection you have. Love and affection is sadly missing in the world. Most people do not have enough good, trustworthy, amazing friends. That's my experience. Most people are dealing with loneliness and a sense of isolation, even if they're married, even if they're in a relationship, even if they have, you know, a great family. Loneliness and isolation are, are big problems in society. So I don't know where you are in your life with having love and affection, but to start out to improve having love as medicine number one find a safe person a safe trustworthy person this can be extremely challenging which i am not making light of because we have many people who are very skilled and capable of hiding their the true nature of themselves making this a difficult feat 
yet it is important for you to take advantage of love as medicine for you to have one or more safe people, a safe person or safe people in your life. Psychopaths, narcissists, con men, con women, people with psychopathy or mental health issues are not going to be safe, unfortunately. They don't have the capacity to be safe because they are not well. We have people who are con men and con women or psychopaths, narcissists, what have you, who fool people. They, some of these people even have people who will vouch for them and say, oh yes, they're the most amazing girl, most amazing guy. Like Finding a safe person can be very tricky and I'm not making light of it. I am not making this out to be, oh, that's easy. But it is an important part of having love as medicine is to have safe people. My podcast on when you are the safe person helps to lay that out in much greater detail. But that's number one. Number two, <laughs> this is coming from my bad history, by the way. Number two is protect your money and assets. Yes, some people only want you for your money or your assets. That's a fact, people. You don't have to have all of your money and assets stolen to know that. Why would you not want to protect your money and your assets? I don't know. When you take the steps to protect your money and your assets, your financial reserves, your financial resources, this will prevent economic abuse. Economic abuse is a critical part of domestic violence. We know that economic abuse happens in between 94 to 96% of domestic violence. Who will object to you protecting your money and your assets? Hmm. Someone who's not interested in taking from you, is not interested in taking your money, taking your assets, in my opinion, is not going to object to you protecting them. Why would someone object to you protecting what's yours? I don't know. So my suggestion strongly is protect your money and your assets, which not only will protect them, but it can prevent you from ending up in domestic violence or domestic abuse. Number three, go slowly. Love bombing is one of the tactics that a narcissist or a psychopath or some people with other mental health disorders will use to draw you in. If you're not familiar with love bombing, I'm sure there's plenty on the internet to, to help you lay that out, but go slowly. If you're going slowly, it's a, it's a safeguard. Number four, get clear on your own issues and be able to give voice to them. So for example, I am guarded. I have a history of running away from love. If I was in a romantic relationship with you and you were not being transparent, maybe you're hiding your phone or your screen, you're flicking away your screen when I walk by, that is gonna trigger me because I have a bad history of being exploited and used and that wouldn't be transparent. So for me, I know what my issues are and no, I am not going to end up with a man who's not transparent. That I am never going to end up with a man who keeps secrets. Never, I've been there and done that. I didn't do it willingly. I mean, you know, when you get together with some people who hide their true nature, you won't find out until it's too late. So what are your issues and can you give rise to them? Can you give voice to them? 
can you speak them? If you have self-love, it's much easier because you're not beating yourself up that you have issues. I mean, listen, it's very reasonable I've guarded. It's very reasonable I've run away from love. And it's very, very reasonable that I have to have transparency. I mean, it's just completely reasonable. But I'm aware of my issues and I can give voice to them and speak them. And with a nice man, these are not going to be problems. A nice man's going to be transparent. All right, so get clear about your own issues and be able to speak them. Number five, get clear about what you want and don't want, your values and your goals. This is true for platonic friendships and romantic relationships. It will be helpful to you to employ love as medicine if you're clear about what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what you want. For example, I am only going to be with a man who I can play with, laugh, and have fun with. Because laughter, play, and fun are important to me. They are part of who I am. And I've already been with people who don't do that. that that's a no. That's a no, no, no. And I also know that I want a man with a big heart because a big heart is important to me. And I want a man who can be his own authentic self, who recognizes I'm going to love him the way he is, the way he isn't, and he doesn't have to pretend, he doesn't have to hide himself. He can just be himself, like he can be himself. That's what I want in a romantic relationship. In friendships, I have, I have some other things. What do you want in a romantic or platonic friendship? This will be helpful. If you're in the market to make new friends, this is really wildly helpful. Like, I know I'm not taking on friends who are backstabbers, gossipers, mean to other people. No, no, no. I'm not having friends who do that. I have had friends who did that, but I didn't know that they did that until I got to know them really well. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's not cool. That's not cool. So sort that out for yourself. Number six, understand that real love, whether it's in a platonic friendship or a romantic relationship, can cause your wounds to surface. Are you willing to express your concerns? I have known adults who were not allowed to have friends as children. As a result of that, they had some hiccups or some bumps in being able to learn how to have platonic friendships with people of the same or opposite sex because they didn't learn friendship skills growing up. To be able to voice that and understand that's a childhood wound is very powerful for them. Same goes for romantic relationships. Are you able to bring words to your life when your wounds surface? So for example, someone might say, when I can't reach you, it reminds me of when my boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, wasn't reachable and it was because they were having an affair. Now, wouldn't that be great to be able to say that? Well, I've never had an affair and although I have been cheated on, I'm not really worried about that. I think I, I've got, I've been schooled enough people, but for someone else who's been cheated on, it might come up for them. It might come up when they can't reach you and it would be like, oh, are they cheating? Like that would be a natural response. And wouldn't it be great to say that? And wouldn't it be even better to have your person respond with, oh my goodness, I can totally get that. 
let's talk about how I can reassure you and make it so you can always reach me because I'm not interested in having you wonder. I'm not interested in having you worry about what I'm doing, where I am, or who I'm with. Can you see how that could go? Now, I am not talking about an abuser because in domestic abuse, that's one thing an abuser will do. They always want to know where you are, who you're with. They, they monitor you. They track you. They stalk you. I'm not talking about that. I do want to make that distinction because I'm well aware of abusers, the tactics they use to isolate you. I'm not talking about being isolated. I'm talking about reassuring someone who has a wound from being cheated on. That's very different. But this is an adult conversation that could take place in a friendship, in, in a relationship that's romantic or platonic. I mean, things come up in platonic friendships as well. I felt abandoned when you guys went to that party and didn't include me. Wow. Someone could say, gee, I thought you were invited. I didn't know you didn't know. I didn't like you could have these adult conversations where you express the things that have come up for you and you are loved and nurtured in response. That's what we're, that's where I would like to see the world move, which happens because of growth and development. Number seven, be willing to fail. Whether it's a platonic friendship or a romantic relationship, love of any type involves some risk. And sometimes you might fail. You could have failure be something you celebrate. You could transform your relationship to failure. Instead of feeling, oh gosh, I'm a loser, I failed. You could take the approach, hey, look at me, I failed, but I'm still going and laugh and enjoy it and be proud of yourself because you failed. Number eight, be willing to be rejected. Love is worth rejection. Love is worth failure. Love is worth anything that it takes so long as you're being smart about it which is why i'm laying out these different things and i started with being a safe person having a safe person and the second one was protect your assets no i don't want you to have all your assets and money taken that that happens by the way every day in in the world it happens times however many hundreds or thousands or whatever so be willing to be rejected it's worth it Number nine, grow your emotional abilities. This may be number nine. I could have put it earlier in the list, but it just, the list came out as it came out. You growing your emotional abilities by using my free downloadable workbook. You do not have to register for the workbook. You simply go to my website and download it. Not, there's no catch. There's no charge and no catch and nothing you have to do other than click on the link and download it. Um, this will change your life. If you're interested in having love as medicine, growing your emotional abilities, as I describe in my workbook, will help you move towards being in a position where love can actually be medicine for you. Now, I'm distinguishing what I have in my workbook because as this time marches forward, I'm learning that I'm talking about things people, other people are not talking about that I feel are absolutely critical. I believe they are non-negotiable, which is what I've incorporated in my workbook, which by the way, the workbook will look better in a week or so when we add the cover and the table of contents, which I'm being like, 
having trouble with the table of contents. Anyway, grow your emotional abilities. You will not re regret that. Number 10, work on loving yourself. Well, this is hard for people. I do understand that. I have not had low self-esteem. Well, we can't, we don't think I ever had it, which is a miracle in and of itself. At least from the conversations I've had with ther multiple therapists about this, uh, it sounds to me, or it sounds to them, like I have not had low self-esteem ever. But at any rate, low self-esteem is painful. It has to be painful. I don't have personal experience. I have experience from coaching people forever. So get on the journey of personal growth and development where you can learn to love yourself, appreciate yourself, boost your self-care, your self-compassion. It feels great to be able to be compassionate. I, I mean, listen, I had a nearly fatal car accident on Labor Day 2023. Yes, I was so upset about it. Yes, I cried about it. I went through all my emotions and I really could have beat myself up about it. But that's not who I am because I do the best I can in life. I didn't have an accident on purpose, which is part of why it's so shocking and I'm still dealing with shock because it came out of the blue and I was unprepared. And even though it's been four months, I'm still a little shocked by it. So work on loving yourself. You will not regret anything that you do that will help you move towards loving yourself. And again, as I said, I don't mean a hubris filled, you know, narcissistic love. Number 11, everything in life comes with some risk. I'm not talking about love as medicine without a little risk, which is why I've made the other recommendations. Make sure you have safe people. Make sure you protect your assets. Like do the things I'm recommending because that helps you take a calculated risk instead of a, oh, you know, hands up in the air. I mean, I took a calculated risk with someone that people vouched for, like multiple people vouched for. Turns out they were all wrong. Again, people can hide themselves. So nothing is without risk. Number th 12, if you need help, go get it. If you need therapy, go get it. My suggestion is do not have shame or embarrassment if you need therapy. I did a podcast called What is Therapy Anyway? Because I'm a fan of people getting the help they need. I'm a fan of that. We live in a society where there's stigma and shame associated with therapy, which is really too bad because the sickest, most toxic people on the planet Earth will never get help for their problems or almost never get help. They're, they're too mentally ill. So if you need help, go get it. 13. You have this one precious life you've been giving. You just have this one precious life. Use love as a medicine to have your life be more amazing, to have it be happier, to grab all those juicy benefits of love as medicine. <clears throat> I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. Well, I know why you wouldn't want to do that. It's not that you wouldn't want to. It's just that your emotions and your thoughts and your all your stuff gets in the way. I'm saying you have this one precious life. So Carpe Diem sees the day. My content, all of my content will help you. I am here to help you. I already live this life, people. I know about this. Number 14, be courageous and brave. There is no question, in my humble opinion, 
whether it's platonic love, like friendship, love and affection, friendship, platonic, or whether it's romantic love and affection, love requires bravery and courage. Even if it's simply platonic love and affection, love requires bravery and courage in my most humble opinion. Yet at the same time, love is worth it. So be courageous and be brave. You will not regret it. And let my content help you. So to wrap this up, love can be medicine. You could like have this amazing healing just by bringing either platonic or romantic love into your life or both, one or the other or both. You could, you could like completely change your life by using love as medicine in either form, romantic or platonic. Be well loved. That was the title of, that is the title of my very first podcast. Be well loved. It's I'm a diehard fan of love because I have received, starting at a young age, the medicine of love. I've received love throughout my life. I want you to have this life-changing experience. So for you, number one, make your own life better by using love as medicine, because you can. And number two, if you really like the idea of love in the world and having more love in the world, having more love and affection, having less meanness, having less smear campaigns and all kinds of bad behavior, then you put yourself on my team and share this podcast. This is how we change the world. We change the world one person at a time. That's you listening to this podcast. That's you getting to work on your own life. That's you making your life happier and better, becoming healthier. That's you. You taking on your own life, you automatically create a ripple effect and you are automatically making the world a better place by you simply working on yourself and your own life. That's number one. You are making the world a better place anytime you work on yourself, anytime you heal or grow. That's a fact. And there is a ripple effect. If you like the idea of people being nicer and more love and affection, then by all means, get on the team and share this content. Because apparently, uh, I'm talking about things people are not talking about. Why? I don't know. That is that is a wrap for Love is Medicine. I hope I've made the point that love is one of the most amazing medicines that is is available. And you can you can have love if you're willing to do your due diligence because I'm not talking about just taking it all kinds of risks. I'm talking about being smart about love. So I love you. I love you immensely. I want you to have an amazing life. I want you to have all of this love and all of this affection in your life and for you to appreciate yourself and you to be loving and kind to yourself. That's it. Let me know how I can help you. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 174, Love as Medicine. I hope you've received some new ideas about the importance of love as medicine, that you will get to work on your life so you have more love and more affection in whatever form you want. Share this podcast on social media. I love you. That's it for now. <music>